episode of Pop Fix, your weekly fix of pop culture news and gossip. I'm Marnie Dixit and I have the absolute pleasure Ooh. of being joined by my absolute pleasures oh. of co-hosts, <laughs> Samma Rose. Feeling the love, hello. And Steph Nuzzo. Hi, that was delightful. Oh, you know, just sometimes when you feel the love, you got to let it out. Aww. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm feeling it back. <laughs> Good. Coming up on the show, every teeny tiny and huge thing that you need to know about the Oscars this year, the strange reason Zac Efron has reportedly broken up with his Byron Bay girlfriend, plus Is It Worth It returns and heaps more. So let's get into your pop fix where we fill you in on everything that's happened in the entertainment world this week. The 93rd Academy Awards were held yesterday with a lot of big and surprising moments taking place, leaving some viewers pretty shocked and angry in some cases. I'm going to be weird and I'm going to start with the end and oh, work my way I like that. back to the beginning. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not mad at that. I, I quite like that approach. Let's okay, cool. So um, basically it was quite possibly one of the most anticlimactic Oscars ever with mm. many people taking to social media to voice their disappointment about the whole thing. So normally the Oscars stick to a certain order with the show. They always, always, always finish with best picture. And leading into that, they'll do best actor. <clears throat> they'll do best actor and best actress. But this year they decided to split it up with best picture going before best actor and best actress. So I had really hoped that Minari would win best picture. You guys remember I was raving about that movie. Yeah. But it went to Nomadland. Okay. Then Frances McDormand won for Nomadland, uh, gave a very short and sweet speech. And then the biggest upset of the night was the fact that Anthony Hopkins won for The Father instead of Chadwick Boseman winning posthumously for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Mm. Now, I did see a tweet that suggested that even the people that produce the Oscars don't know who's going to win. So they actually assumed that Chadwick would win Best Actor like the rest of us. And that's why it was last um, oh. They thought of it, you know, end on a beautiful moment. But then Anthony Hopkins won for his work, which, to be fair, it is being called, you know, his best work. But why bring Chadwick Boseman's widow out in the middle of a pandemic for her to not give an acceptance speech? Aww. And also, Anthony Hopkins wasn't even there, yes. making it even more anticlimactic. I, guess I think someone he's was saying, old. <laughs> can understand he was, why. he's the oldest actor to win an acting gong at the Oscars. Wow. How oh. old is he? Is he in his 90s? 83. 83. Oh, shit. He's he's getting along, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's getting along. Um, and, yeah, so I think I, I, I heard he's in the UK or somewhere around there, and it was like 4 a.m. at that time. Oh, bless. So he was very certain that he wasn't going to win. So, um, yeah, one person on Twitter wrote, wow, I kind of have no words now. They clearly rearranged all this, hoping to end with end on Chadwick and now this great moment for Hopkins also feels ruined what a bad way to end all this another said I turned in to, just to see Chadwick's name called because I heard it was a sure thing what was the point of having that award go last others have called it the worst Oscars ever while someone else wrote I don't want to necessarily get caught up in worst Oscars ever hyperbole but so many bad producing decisions tonight and that ending on best actor instead of the best picture gamble was the punctuation mark on an evening gone awry. Mm. Um, another thing that also got people confused was the fact that best director uh, being ordered to Chloe Zhao also for Nomadland was done very early in the ceremony. Again, that is something that is quite late in the piece. Um, but she was also the first woman of colour and the first Asian woman to win in that category. Um, and the second woman ever. Yeah. There you go. So mm -hmm. bloody breaking down a lot of uh, walls 
ceilings. Ceilings, right. <laughs> the whole house is coming down. The whole house is gone. <laughs> She's breaking down walls. She's doing a whole renovation. <laughs> um, one of the best moments was Glenn Close dancing to Da Butt. Uh huh. Saw this. <laughs> Excellent. Dancing to the what now? Da Butt. Da Butt. So it was funny. Like, I think that they were kind of realizing that they were going to finish a bit early. And so they decided to do this weird trivia thing. So they had, um, I cannot remember the guy's name. He was in, um, oh no, now I've forgotten the name of the movie. Um, <laughs> Doesn't matter. You know, the horror film with the black people and he goes to the white family because he's dating a white. Get out. What is it? Get yeah. out. Get out of here, Sam. That's the one. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he was in Get Out. He's the guy that saves him at the end. Right, right. I mean, uh, oh. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, it's been out a while. It's been out a while. Okay, so he plays his friend. I'm so sorry that I don't know his name. So anyway, they're going around and they're asking people, like, do you think that this song was nominated, won, or was never nominated? And they get to Glenn Close and they're like, all right, we've got one for you. And they play this song and she's like, well, actually, that is da butt. And she got up and did the dance. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> Glenn um, Close is more with it than me. I know. But it is an old song, so... Oh, okay. I feel less bad now. Yeah. The show was once again met with backlash after cutting away from deaf actress Marley Matlin, who was communicating a number of nominations in sign language with an, with an interpreter to voice what she was signing. So while she was signing, viewers assumed that the cameras would stay on her, but they didn't. And a lot are asking, like, what was even the point if they weren't going to at least put her in like, even like, you know, like a little side a box, yeah. box or something. Yeah. Um, however, some people were also raving about the diversity with one user writing, am I really watching the Oscars? There's lots of brown, black, Asian and non-English speaking people presenting and winning awards. Is it too early in the evening to be saying this? Then Marley Matlin presents in sign language. I'm blown away with the diversity of the Oscars. Others, however, called it performative with one Twitter user writing. You would think the Oscars would know how to do a split screen in 2021 to include ASL on screen if they're going to have Marley Matlin presenting. This is an example of performative diversity slash inclusion, but lack of equity. My personal favorite moment was Ya Jung Yoon, the grandmother from Minari, winning uh, for actress in a supporting best actress in a supporting role, and then sharing a very sweet, funny moment with Brad Pitt on stage oh, after yeah. he presented the award to her. <laughs> so she gets up and goes, Mr. Brad Pitt, so nice to meet you. Where were you while we were filming in Tulsa? Because his production <laughs> company produced the movie. Oh. <laughs> she then jokingly forgave many people who have mispronounced her name. And said that, uh, you know, she couldn't believe that she was at the Oscars for her. It's just something on TV, you know. Um, and she's so sweet. And she's like, okay, let me pull myself together. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I just thought she was so sweet. And she was saying how shocked she was to win over Glenn Close, uh, who was nominated for her eighth time and still hasn't won. What? Um, oh, really? I assumed yeah. she had won, to yeah. be honest, no. at some point. Always a nominee, never a winner. It's kind of like uh, the opposite to Mel Streep. It's like Mel Streep won again, you know? Yeah, like every time yeah, she yeah. wins, I'm like, mm. Um, So, yeah, she was saying that she didn't believe in competition and because they played such different roles, how could they be competing against each other? Um, she didn't. She, she joked that she was just luckier than them, perhaps, or that maybe it was the American hospitality for the Korean actor. 
And then she thanked her sons for forcing her to go and work and was like, this is the result. And then had Brad Pitt uh, escort her from uh, backstage. And I just love the movie and she's very great. And I'm just really happy for her. That's really sweet. I love that. Um, We had more history being made with Mia Neal and Jamaica Wilson being the first black women to win best hair and makeup, uh, the best hair and makeup award for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I saw that. Yeah, and, oh, my gosh, Daniel Kaluuya, I don't know if you guys saw this, had a very odd acceptance speech for, um, I've just scrolled down and I've lost it. Is Siri talking to me? (laughs) Oh, Siri is talking to me. I'm so sorry. Um, She actually looked up Daniel Kaluuya. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Um, Siri's our producer now. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so he had a very odd acceptance speech for Best Supporting Actor for his performance in Judas and the Black Messiah, where he spoke about how amazing it is to be alive. And then he goes, my mum, my dad, they had sex. It's amazing. And his mum was in the audience. Oh, yeah, and she, she did so not look impressed. Yeah, I know. She just had her, uh, her face in her hands and she was like, I can't believe you're saying this. Oh, God. <laughs> um, there was a very heartbreaking moment, though, when director Thomas Vinterberg won for Best International Feature and spoke about wanting to make a film that celebrates life before the impossible happened only four days into shooting. An accident on a highway took my daughter away, someone oh. looking into a cell phone, and we miss her and I love her, he said. Two months before we shot this movie and two months before she died, she was in Africa. She sent me a letter and she had just read the script and she was glowing with excitement. She loved this. She felt seen by this and she was supposed to be in this. So Ida, this is a miracle that just happened and you're part of this miracle. Maybe you've been pulling some sp- some strings somewhere. I don't know, but this one is for you. Very, very sad. Yeah. Um, I have goosebumps. Yeah. I know. So sad. Um Regina King also opened the show. So I've, I've gone from the end to the beginning now. Regina <laughs> King that. also <laughs> opened the show with a powerful statement about being the mother of a black son and how if things had gone differently following Derek Chauvin's uh, being found guilty of George Floyd's death, she would have swapped her heels for marching boots. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I kind of made that sound like it was a, a fun, powerful show, but watching it, it was kind of like, meh. Oh, well, it did sound kind of exciting, it's just, just yeah. me, guys. That's just you me. make things sound good. <laughs> but what's interesting though, because I, I I haven't seen um, any clips from it to be honest. I've just I've just read parts. I did think that it was strange about how they rearranged the order of the awards. Obviously, yeah. thinking that Chadwick Boseman was going to take out the Best Actor award. They haven't done that since 1972, apparently. Whoa. Literally, it's like such a long-held tradition. What yeah. were they thinking? Um, but yeah, it. I just that's one thing that I think like you need a lot of sensitivity. Did they do a kind of um, you know, like tribute to him at all? They did yeah. like the in memoriam, and they mentioned okay. him a lot actually, which is why a lot of people were thinking that you he know, was going to was going to happen. Mm. Um, you know, they mentioned how his wife has been giving really beautiful speeches and things and um yeah like he was definitely referenced and okay. he was also referenced in the goodie bags for the nominees i don't know if oh, you saw that no tell. what was that okay so he there was an artist okay let me start that again so he was uh remembered in 
NFT form, I guess is the best way to put it. So you know how like and 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 NFT, yeah. Oh. So are oh, your favorite form <laughs> of art? Yes. I don't know now. I'm like, oh, if the Oscars are like doing goodie bags of it, it's so I'll try explain it the best that I can. There is a video that I think I'll post on our Facebook page because it's just easier to see it. So they wanted to. Um, commission this artist Andre Osher who is a 3D artist and he did a piece of work in Chadwick Boseman's memory it's it's quite cool so from what I understand that there were like 25 nominees and each of them got part of this NFT but the rest of the NFT is up for auction at the moment so on this one like with our powers combined we make Chadwick Boseman. Like, yeah, yeah. Really? <laughs> Little pixels. No, yeah, like right. they. I think they. I think that. I don't really know how it works, but I assume they own like part of the pixel of the art, and then like his eye or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, and then the the NFT is also up for auction on variable, um, and it's to raise funds for the Colon Cancer Foundation. And of course, Chadwick oh, passed cool. away from colon cancer, so yeah. it's a really nice way to remember him but also in a trendy way because nfts are everywhere at the moment but the the rest of the goodie bags were a bit strange so yeah i I think that was really nice and then there was this luxury holiday to a swedish lighthouse with like servers and massages and stuff which sounds really fancy but then the rest of it um keep in mind for these 25 people these goodie bags uh were worth over two hundred and five thousand dollars, so it's of course pretty, you know. pretty a lot of money. You can't um, not spend a pretty penny on these people, on these wealthy you know. celebrities. Yeah. Um, but in these uh, bags, there was like I just don't even know how to describe it. Eclectic, maybe. So there were twenty-four karat gold vape cartridges, which is fabulous if you vape. I don't but know what you do. Vaping otherwise. like just as bad or worse than smoking. Yeah, so they're just encouraging it, I guess. Okay. That is up. interesting, unless Isn't it's it? like for weed. Yeah, maybe yeah, it is. Because I, I mean, but even some of those, they say, and again, I'm really not an expert. I could be completely wrong, wrong here. But what I understand it to be is that if you were to buy like, you know, a weed pen from like places where it's illegal, it's built incorrectly, then even that's quite bad for your lungs. They yeah. might all be, but just like yeah. heating your lungs I don't know. in any way. Yeah. yeah. It's an interesting decision. Yeah, it's okay. interesting to put in a I'm goodie bag. Not into it. No, it's like you make an I'm assumption. Into the holiday people, though. The holiday's great. Okay, so there was also um, something from Peter. You know the um, animal charity. Oh, really? um, <laughs> it's an emergency hammer designed to free your pets from inside hot cars, so you can break the window. <laughs> You know, okay. everyone needs that. Um, and then there was an exploding kitten spin-off game and this thing called a brain-sensing headband, which uh, plays music and sounds while you sleep. And then it, the music changes depending on your brainwave activity. I feel like That's this too high-tech. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting a vibe. This is the kind of thing where, you know, like people give you gifts and you're like, oh, great, more stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, like other than the NFT because like you don't physically have it and the holiday, I feel like it's all just stuff Strange. that they would give away to other people. Yeah, I think it was like the biggest bid- bidder, the biggest company to pay to get their stuff in the bag. Because then there was also an wow, anti-racist children's on, book. Oh, sorry, 
That's what Peter spends their money on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there was an anti-racist children's book called Change Make a Village. So it's just like a wide range of things. Very. Yeah. So that was bizarre. Mm. I um I did remember something else from the awards ceremony, which I don't think it like made like big news or anything, but I did notice it in the um the cinematography awards. The guy who won was like, I wish I could break this up into five pieces. And I'm like, oh, oh. stop it. Oh. <laughs> I wonder if he knew what he was doing. Like the I love that. Guy. Surely he knew. Very sweet. Well, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Some of these people, I, I just don't know. He must have, but I have very little faith in men who have watched Mean Girls after <laughs> Kieran did not watch it and did not enjoy it. He didn't enjoy it? Did he not understand it? Didn't see it? the big deal. Oh. No. I'm like, this is a perfect movie. It is. It's the most quotable film of all time. Of all time. <laughs> oh, did you see my Teacher the Octopus one? Yes. Yes. How good is that? Yes, but yes. I still think he's that guy's a bit weird. Like, he just left his family for a year. His son, his son keeps being like, hey, Dad, I can't wait to hang out. And the dad's like, yeah, 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 but I've got to go hang out with my octopus. Just leave me be for a year. He's got to do things that make him happy too, you know? Yeah, but that poor boy, they kept showing him. Be a him. father too. Like, he was just ignoring his family for a year. No, the kid came swimming. Yeah, fine. like he, that was the only thing he could do to hang out with his dad. <laughs> Look, there are more important things in life, like learning from an octopus. Yeah. So it would seem that Zac Efron is back on the market again after he split his girlfriend. Steph is Sorry. <laughs> Vanessa Valadares. Okay, which is funny because um, I was watching a video and it was like, you know, he just found her. He just met her in a cafe. So, like, what's stopping any of us from dating Zac Efron? I know, aside from being, like, incredibly hot. <laughs> <laughs> and definitely at the right place at the right time. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so the pair's split comes as a bit of a shock because they've been very, like, looking very close recently. Um, you know, she's been traveling with him for all his TV and film projects here in Australia. Apparently, she even appeared in his series, Down to Earth, with Zac Efron. And oh. so the split has come as quite a shock. But now, Daily Mail has claimed that the pair split up for a very strange, yet potentially very believable reason. <laughs> Apparently, Zac broke up with Vanessa after discovering she was about to... She was like, <laughs> apparently Zach broke up with Vanessa after discovering she was to appear on a controversial new reality show Um, fair have we not (laughs) spoken about a controversial new reality show we have indeed (laughs) that is likely to be Netflix's own Byron Bay's which we spoke about a few weeks ago Christ Um, so the insider has called it the final nail in the coffin for him He's a very good person who wanted a genuine, normal, down-to-earth partner, the source said. Zach sent her home from the set last week. There still may have been a chance. They added, I'm sure the final nail in the coffin was him seeing the story of her being possibly on Byron Bay's and then claims that he was helping her to get on it. So Zach is apparently very hurt about the whole thing and lost it when a friend sent him the story about her potentially starring on the show. And then Kyle Sanderlands, I, I think we spoke about this last year when Zach was first spotted in Byron Bay. He is apparently besties with Zach. So he called him up and he confirmed that they did split on the Kyle and Jackie O show. 
I don't think Zach was on the show, but as in that's... it makes you wonder oh, what okay. kind of person is Zach if he's friends with Sanderlands. You know? That's true. That but apparent true. apparently, like I have heard from people in the industry that he's actually a really nice person. I've also heard that, even really? though like the show and the the shit he says on there is absolute trash. Yeah, apparently he's very nice to like the people that work mm. with him and everything like that. Hmm. So, um, but. I would for sure watch Byron Bay's if Vanessa oh, was yeah. on it. Yeah, I am actually, I'm even more excited by the prospect of the show if she was going to be on it. Imagine the stories that she would have. I feel like she would She yeah. would have signed an NDA after like being in the relationship with him. I, I feel like people would go watch it expecting her to talk about Zach, but she wouldn't say anything. Yeah, maybe. No, or maybe. she'd be but- like, my ex, without fully saying Yeah, who. probably. And if that's the case like I feel like if this is why they broke up and she hasn't turned around and been like no I don't need to be on the show or whatever she's probably like okay I'm gonna be famous on my own I don't care I think so yeah like if it's all been a rumor but then the next Netflix guys are like actually that's a good idea yeah Yeah. I did read that there was another possible reason that they broke up though what do tell so um, I saw in an article, apparently there was another another insider that spoke to Us Weekly. So many insiders. Mm, there's are a Zach's lot. real friends? <laughs> no, I know, there should be us. <laughs> um, yeah, this is even dumber, I think. But anyway, um, this insider suggested Is it that to do with part- his face? Sorry. No, what okay. do you mean? Oh my gosh. Did you see yes. the photo Let's, of his face? We'll Sorry. At the end. Sorry, you go. You keep going, Steph. Oh, I'm intrigued. Okay, anyway, um, this insider suggested that part of the reason was that he has to go work in Canada now for uh, about two months for a film, some project, I don't know, and he didn't want to pay for the house that they were living in together while he's away. What? So... (laughs) Why? Yeah, which sounds ridiculous because, I mean... If you are not working at your home, you still need to pay for your home, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he didn't. And he would get put up in free accommodation in Canada. Yeah. So the what I read was that he didn't want her to be living in the house that he's paying for without so him a, being a trust there. Trust issue there. Oh. Yeah. So that didn't work for him. Which, like, maybe if you're normal people in a casual relationship, yeah. Maybe, yeah. but if you're Zac Efron, <laughs> then I think you can afford two months' rent. I think so. And like, and, as if he's yeah. not going to come back and live here. Well, yeah, well, I don't. I don't might know. Stay in Canada now. He's obsessed. It's a bit. It, it it seemed like a weak kind of suggestion. I yeah. don't really believe it. If it's true, though, like, what a kick in the guts. Like, that's the reason that he breaks up with you. Yeah. You know, I would much rather hear, this has been fun, casual thing, but, like, I'm, I'm going not into you now. anymore. Not, I'm going to Canada and I don't want to pay your rent, so I'm going to dump you because. And she's, <laughs> meanwhile, like, reason. well, I can't get a job because <laughs> people know that I was with you and they will just want to learn stuff about you. What would you prefer? And, like, yeah. he brought her everywhere. So, like, he brought her all over the place. So, it, I don't get it. It's, yeah, it's not one that I really kind of 
think makes a lot of sense. No. But anyway, read that today. I feel bad Another about the face thing, though. But yeah. <laughs> but Maya, I think you're Another about to segue thing. into it. Yeah. Um, there's this photo circulating of like, and, you know, we shouldn't make fun of people for deciding to change their face but he looks so different he, it looks like he's had all this filler done um and it was like an unlive interview wasn't it money yeah so people have seen screenshots of this or watched the actual video and yeah his face does look very different it's his jawline in particular that looks like it's changed completely but then some people have been saying that like he has broken his jaw before so it could just be like his face now but it seems like a sudden change so i'm a bit confused uh he does look very different we'll put a screenshot up on our instagram page which you can find at popfix podcast all right so this story (laughs) is actually hilarious to me and very odd (laughs) 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 but anyway um yeah basically Gal Gadot appeared on Jimmy Kimmel last week to promote her new uh, series, a documentary series, I believe, called Impact with Gal Gadot. Wonderful, normal, great, makes sense. But um, as she was talking about her experience in lockdown, as everybody has been doing uh, a lot of lately, um, she started explaining that, you know, she did a lot of things that everybody else was doing like drinking mimosas at 11am a little too frequently and probably like eating a little too often and just um, passing the time with all, you know, manner of indulgences. Good on you. That's what everybody did. Yep. Um, a gal after our own hearts. Oh, absolutely. Lol. <laughs> um, anyway, but basically... On one of these mimosa mornings, she decided that she wanted to make a cabbage salad. She was telling this story and she's like, as one decides to do, like she's fully aware that that's a random combination. (laughs) Anyway, as she was preparing her salad, she was chopping up the cabbage (laughs) and chopped off the top or the tip of one of her fingers, right? It looked like she was talking about her index finger too. That's an important finger. It is. Yeah. Is that the pointer? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why am I seven? <laughs> Here is a pointer. <laughs> um, yeah. So she chops off the top of her finger and obviously that's terrible. And so her husband kind of runs to her aid and picks up the finger, right? But in doing that became so disgusted that he then... <laughs> Sorry, this is so dumb. <laughs> he then panicked and threw it into the garbage disposal. I'm sorry, but no. Don't pick it up then. Yeah, if you're going to react that way. And then it was gone. And then it's gone. It's not like he threw it in the bin. And he it's not threw like he it put your hand in there. <laughs> no, it's gone. It was shredded into a million pieces. Oh. And now she can't oh feel God. anything on, on the tip of her finger, right? Yeah, that's right. She was actually bonding with Jimmy Kimmel about it because he also has chopped off the end of his finger what? and um, has no feeling there. So they were talking about how they have a weird obsession with feeling the tips of, of their, their fingers because they're 
they're both numb. I mean, Strange. she was like a really great sport about it. I would be mad. <laughs> I would. I would what not. What can you do? Really? I would lose my shit. Well, I'm you like, give me you... your finger then. <laughs> <laughs> if you threw my limb into my limb. <laughs> limb? Can I okay. just say the, the way... end of an extremity? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Can I just say the way that you told that story was way more entertaining than the Jimmy Kimmel interview like that i i I tried to watch the interview with jimmy kimmel it was so awkward it was kind of chaotic yeah i actually like i know that she did that whole imagine video last year but i kind of love her she's great (laughs) i know she's lovely but jimmy kimmel was so strange yeah he was a bit weird like that whole thing where he was like, "Did it, have the girls asked how the baby got in your tummy?" And then she explained yeah. the whole. We told them, "Mummy and Daddy hugged," and and that, and then he was like, "Are your girls worried? Are scared about hugging their father now?" I was like, "Eh, yuck, okay, inappropriate." That yeah, that part was odd. Yeah, that I thought really it was the weird. worst interview on it. Well, not on her part, but on his part. It was strange. Yeah, it made me like her like uh, a lot again. I was like, Me too. you're funny and we could be friends. <laughs> I agree. She could join She the seems gang. normal. Yeah. She could. She could co-host If ever Pop she Fix. wants to be on Pop Fix. Mm. She could make a salad. Yeah. Maybe we should make the salad. Yeah. Maybe we should Ooh. not let her be near knives for yeah. a minute. <laughs> but, you know, the thing, though, like, is just the when she was talking about it, it just sounded obviously like it was chaos and she was like, I was a mess. He was a mess. We were all a mess. Um, and then she didn't even bother going to the hospital. I because know. She, she was like, there was nothing to sew on. So she just. But I'm like, but you're bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, can a Band-Aid just go on that <laughs> Dip it in some alcohol and off you go. Oh, Make another mimosa. All right, on that note, we'll be back in just a moment for Is It Worth It? Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Popfix Podcast or join us on Facebook. Just search the same thing. Why can I not get through this little thing without sounding silly? I don't know. <laughs> You're listening to Pop Fix and it's time for Is It Worth It? Samma and Steph have both been watching things. Samma, kick us off. What are you uh, chatting about today? Well, over the weekend, I decided to start watching The Serpent and I'm currently up to episode four. I haven't finished it. They're like an hour long episode each. So it's quite a time investment. So the series, have wait, have either of you watched it? Nope. No. no, have but you it is heard? One of the top recommendations that Netflix is giving me at the oh, moment, so okay. I am interested. All right, we'll see how you feel after this little rundown. So the series is based on a true story about a serial killer called Charles Sobraj, who was born to an Indian father and a Vietnamese mother, but later his mother remarried a French army lieutenant. So Charles was raised between France and Southeast Asia. Um, In the 70s, Charles was convicted of 12 murders uh, in India and was sentenced to prison from 1976 to 1997. I'm already interested. Yeah. Yeah. Also, isn't that a short sentence for 12 murders? Well, yeah, you'd think so. I think after that, he got sentenced to life in 2003. Um, Makes more sense. I don't know if he served it, though. So... 
we'll find out as the series goes on, I guess. So The Serpent's first three episodes follows Charles as he's living in Bangkok in the 70s with his supposed wife Monique, his friend Ajay, and a man named Dominique who has been forced to stay in their condominium and serve them. Um, This past episode, actually, I think episode three, we learn a bit more about Dominique and how he got there, so it's quite interesting. So... Charles is actually in Thailand under a fake name. It's Alain Chautier. I love French names. Beautiful. You said Uh, that so nicely. Thank you. I practiced. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And he's known as a French gem dealer in in Bangkok. Um, But, and it's not that he's not. But he's also doing other things. So he and his associates are luring in European hippies into his home where he drugs them and eventually kills them. And he takes the victim's money and passports to travel overseas. But at this point, it's unclear if he's traveling to sell gems or to do other things. Two Dutch backpackers called women, Lena, go missing in Bangkok. And it's brought to the attention of Dutch diplomat Herman Knippenberg, who discovers that they have been murdered and slowly starts to piece together that the French gem dealer is behind it. And Herman seems to be the beacon of hope of the of the show because he seems to be the only one who wants to help these murdered backpackers. And you know in some shows where you root for the evil guys, you're like, yeah, like keep getting away yeah. with it. This show you do not have that feeling okay. at all. You're like, these people are awful and I can't mm. wait till they go to prison. So three episodes in, like the serpent does pack quite a lot of um, differing perspectives. Uh, one reveals that Charles, who is a mixed race man raised in a white man's world, has endured racism his whole life. So that's um, quite an interesting side of his perspective on, you know, the Westerners, the hippies, all of that. Um, and at the same time. Charles is targeting people on the hippie trail, which was this movement from the 1950s to the 1970s. Like, all these Westerners coming from Europe. Did I say Europe weird? Yeah. I did. You will. <laughs> you will. They came from Europe. <laughs> coming from Europe to Southeast Asia. Um, and they're, they're just these young people who want to party and live very cheaply. And then we see the expat perspective, um, which felt strange for me to see because while I didn't live in Bangkok, I I did live in Malaysia as an expat and seeing how not much changed from the 70s to the early 2000s was quite strange. Um, But throughout the show, there is a consistent anticipation of seeing something awful play out in front of you. And that's because it it will. It's bound to happen. Uh, The show is based on a serial killer after all. And the first three episodes are stressful. The whole time watching it, I wanted it to be over. But then when it was over, I was like, yep, ready for the next one. (laughs) Let me get these cortisol levels up and running. Um, It's captivating and it's set in an interesting um, time of history. Um, So I would say if you're okay with that uneasy feeling of anticipation, then I say it is worth it. But if you want to avoid this show, I I totally understand too. Sounds worth it to me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think so. Oh, I think so as well. I I do. I kind of shy away from that feeling of um, unease, (laughs) unease. Like when I'm like dreading some kind of very graphic situation playing out, but I also love true crime. So Mm. yeah. There's some kind of morbid curiosity there, isn't there? Yeah. 
I think yeah. also it's like, <laughs> as women, women in particular really love true crime. And it's yeah. like, I saw some meme that was like comparing it to like, if a chicken was really into like, <laughs> you know, like into the thing that, ki- you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's almost like we're listening to be like, us. watch like, out for these type of people. I, yeah, exactly. In these situations. We're nervous that it's going to happen to us. Yeah. So we're like, let me hear how it happened to them. Yeah. So I can plan. I want to plan. Yeah. <laughs> I- <laughs> you laugh or you cry, right? <laughs> exactly. Sometimes you do both at the same time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Steph, uh, your show was a bit different to this, but still a bit mysterious, right? Yeah. Well, this is also true crime. So yeah. we have a bit of a running theme Love here. That. Um. So after being told about the docker series, this is a robbery by about three different people, I decided to give it a, sh- a shot last week. And if you haven't heard about it yet, it's a mini series that's focused on the biggest art heist in history. Oh. A, yeah, it's about a robbery that occurred in March 1990 at the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum in Boston. Oh. And it's it's very interesting because it's obviously such a huge case it's 30 years old it is still unsolved really yeah but very few people that i know had heard of it before um never heard of it yeah and so obviously this series is now um you know bringing back a lot of attention to the case and taking to it with a modern lens and it's really interesting I find when you look at these kinds of cases that played out in the 80s or 90s and just seeing all the holes that you know that kind of that occurred when it comes to the investigations and just obviously there's things that were missing at that time in terms of technology but also just the way that they uh, approached these kinds of cases apparently at that point um like the FBI didn't really have an idea of how to handle an art robbery. There wasn't, um, there wasn't a department that really had experience in that space, although it wasn't something that was exactly new. It had happened yeah. before. Yeah. So just super interesting. But just to kind of give you some background on the story, the, the theft went down like in the wee hours of um, St. Patrick's Day in Boston, which is traditionally a, Pretty boisterous occasion that there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a loose occasion. <laughs> Timing, robbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. clever because the cops are pretty occupied. <laughs> um, so two hundred million dollars worth. This is U.S. dollars <gasps> of art was stolen on that evening. Like more than one piece of art. Thirteen pieces of art. Thirteen. I wonder mm. how much it would be worth now. Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? Uh, I don't even know. It's I'll throw a lot. figure out. Just say six hundred million. I don't know. I don't throw know. It out there. It's not scientific. Of just throwing it. That out sounds there. right. I think that I I feel like that sounds like it would work. So let's go with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I I just completely lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> I just got d- distracted by maths. <laughs> um. <laughs> Anyway, so $200 million worth, it's 13 pieces of art, uh, that was, was stolen on that evening. And, um, yeah, in the 30 years that have passed, no one has been able to find even one. Wow. So 
it's 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 wild because um basically the there is a there are a lot of trails that the you know the the, the museum the like journalists of the time and the FBI kind of try to travel down and they all cut they all go cold and it's extremely frustrating to watch <laughs> because you think that you constantly think that they're going to come up with something even though you go into it knowing that it's unsolved um but it's just like this huge mystery that no one's been able to figure out oh i remember what i was going to say before there's a 10 million dollar reward oh yeah let's figure it out yeah yeah let's make another (laughs) podcast about that yeah about figuring out the robbery and what we'll do is we'll just say every single thing that they say in the show and we won't be able to do any of our own research because we can't get into the U.S. And we'll just make heaps of money from... I from, reckon it's yeah. not in the U.S. now. I reckon it's somewhere else by now. Maybe it's well, in Byron Bay where everyone else is. Vanessa! That's why. Maybe. That's really why they broke up. Zach figured it out. <laughs> they're, one of, they're, they're pretty confident that it's they're long gone from the States at this point and that it would have they would have travelled out of the country pretty quickly at least they would have been able to and at that point um mm. art was smuggled across borders all the time it was very easy to do so if there could be in the states but it's also like it could be anywhere in the world but basically the the four-part netflix series it goes back to the date of the robbery and details the full like series of events that followed like from how the I won't give you too much detail because in case you want to watch it, but how the, the guard on duty that night um, was he he got a the, the doorbell buzzed or whatever and um, he was told that there were two cops outside. They said they were here to investigate a disturbance and he just let them straight in without really <gasps> oh, no. um, hesitating. And then he winds up, you know, being tied up and... Literally and... the worst security guard ever. <laughs> yeah. Come on but they in. didn't even really investigate him that much at the yeah, time. I don't believe him. It's him. Where is he now? <laughs> he could be part yeah. of it. Yeah. He could be part of it. Yeah. So there's this is what I mean. Like things like even security footage wasn't really um, reviewed to the degree that you would expect it was just mm, i don't know the 90s suspicious. i don't know what everyone was doing what the hell um, i just think that's the worst excuse oh well the doorbell rang and they said they were cops so i let yeah. them in yeah. yeah that's me that's that's, nah, that's what he's i he's the mastermind he's yeah. done it. yeah and two people had seen um a couple of you know boston police officers sitting in like a hatchback out the front not a police car <laughs> and they were like that's odd that that's the car that they're sitting in at three in the morning on St. Patrick's Day you know just a lot of a lot of things but um yeah of the of the artworks some of the most famous ones are by Rembrandt and um there have been accounts of people saying that they've seen them or they've heard of somebody who had them and mm. la 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 um but obviously nothing has eventuated. But where it got really interesting for me in particular is when they start considering possible mob involvement. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Um, Because obviously Boston has a huge Irish and Italian mob presence. And apparently it's pretty common for criminals to either trade 
stolen artworks for things like guns. They considered the IRA's involvement at one point um, and or, or used them to negotiate prison sentences with the police if they if people were like in the mafia were to get arrested, things like that. So anyway, very curiously, a lot of the mafia members who were considered key suspects in the case died before cops could get any solid information and that's kind of led to a lot of cold trails but it so sounds like you're deep in there yeah oh i'm i'm i don't stop thinking about it you might I'm like, solve it where are they where and there Wake are things the there are mistakes yeah. that were made <laughs> that really i can't i can't get past so yeah it's a frustrating watch because Obviously, from me me sitting on my couch being like, that FBI investigator <laughs> didn't do a good job. You know, 30 years is a long time for a, um, a case to go unanswered. But, yeah, I think the series is totally worth it. Obviously, you can tell from what I just said. Yeah. But especially if you're into really true crime. Very cool. Mm, yeah. I'll watch it. For I sure. will try to watch it too. I've got to, Now I've got two new shows to watch. No time. So- but I'm going to try lots of crime lots of crime you don't need to sleep Bonnie. just stay up watch everything it's all good this is true that's why coffee was invented (laughs) all right that is all we have time for today thank you so much for joining us this week on pop fix your weekly fix of pop culture news please subscribe on itunes spotify or wherever you're listening right now and for the love of god guys just leave us a bloody five star rating and review like just honestly (laughs) Would love that. Would re- very much appreciate it. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We're at Popfix Podcast. Love to have you on our Facebook group or even in it, not on it. Uh, just search Popfix Podcast. We'll come up. Sama, where can we find you on Insta? You can find me at underscore Sama Rose underscore. And Steph. I'm at Steph Nutso. And you can find me at Marnie Dixit. We'll be back in a week. Chat to you then. Bye. 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 Do you feel it now? Do you, do you, do you, do you?